to our first Exploring Unbound Going Deeper podcast. My name is Terry Cook, and I'm a member of the Pittsburgh Greensburg Unbound team. Today with me is Father Boniface Hicks. Father Boniface is a Benedictine monk from St. Vincent Arch Abbey in Latrobe, PA. He's also the manager of We Are One Body Radio, and he is the spiritual advisor of the Pittsburgh-Greensburg Unbound team. Father Boniface, welcome. Thanks, Terry, and great to be sharing a few thoughts on Unbound with our listeners. As you said, we have a special desire to help form the Unbound prayer teams. First of all, starting with our own team in Pittsburgh and Greensburg, that was how this idea came about, to go a little deeper, to keep reflecting on some principles, especially for our own prayer teams. They've uh, read the the Unbound book, probably have read guidelines for ministry, may have read uh, some other books of, of Neil Lozano and of the team. We've watched videos, we've had some practice, and All of that is great, and all of that is worth returning to and picking up different insights and and aspects of the Unbound model of the Unbound ministry. And we're just hoping by this podcast to turn some of that into audio format and keep processing some of that and give a chance for for people to take that in. So um, I'm certainly excited about that. Uh, as, As you mentioned, being the chaplain for the Unbound teams in Pittsburgh and Greensburg, it's been amazing to see the, the fruitfulness of the ministry, the, the blessing it's been in the, the lives of those who are leading the ministry and, and all that the Lord's done in the last year. I think maybe our listeners might be interested in learning about how you learned about Unbound. I had some experiences with deliverance ministry. Uh, soon after entering the monastery, some college students uh, had some person was being oppressed, and uh, I, I worked with some other priests and monks on these kinds of things. There were different questions that came up about the influence of evil spirits. My broader background is that I was really raised a secular humanist. Uh, I didn't have any religious upbringing, and so the materialism the idea that the world has that the only things that exist are what you can measure and touch and detect with your senses and that uh, there is no evil spirit, there are no angels, there are no demons. That kind of attitude of the world was something I grew up with and never questioned. On becoming Christian in college, becoming Catholic, I obviously wanted to understand all of the whole range of teaching of the Catholic Church and was recognizing in becoming Catholic that uh, there was more to the world than I had figured out on my own or science had taught me. And so uh, I was certainly interested in exploring that more deeply and the dimension of demons and angels and what does this all mean was important to me. So with those thoughts in mind and those kinds of questions that came into the monastery at St. Vincent Arch Abbey, became a Benedictine monk. And then found myself being uh, drawn into some of these different situations where people were talking about demonic influence or oppression and these kinds of things. And uh, my sense was, well, you know, you have somebody comes in and 
maybe they pray, they, they say some prayers over this person and then it works or it doesn't work or, you know, and, and it just seemed like uh, something didn't scale about that. And also when praying over somebody, they're just talking about these, it just seemed very focused on demons and not very focused on persons and uh, the kind of battle with the demons and then the fascination by the supernatural. Oh, they do weird stuff as if that makes it more legitimate. And I just thought, this is like weird. And what does this have to do with the rest of, you know, our Christian faith and our spiritual life? And I wasn't doubting that some of those things happen. I certainly wasn't doubting the existence of demons, but was just really questioning this approach to, to ministry. And, you know, which would end up just kind of scaring people a lot more in some cases. And it wasn't clear to me how effective it was. And so anyway, I, I kind of got drawn into that. I uh, eventually started meeting with a woman uh, who suffered from, who, who uh, suffered from satanic ritual abuse as a child. And, uh, and that opened me up to, you know, this is a, per, a person telling me about her own experience. And I really didn't know what to do. You know, she talked about a lot of things that I didn't, grasp in terms of triggers and programming and a lot of a lot of things in the occult and these practices and so my spiritual director at that time was uh, knowledgeable and then also went to this conference at Mundelein that they were hosting on you know some of these topics and again I went to that and I, I tried to take some of those things in and at the end of the day what I found with this woman was all the stuff that I'm normally doing which is listening to her loving her, helping her to grow in prayer, being a constant affirming presence, uh, connecting with her, giving her a safe space to open up, that that stuff was a lot more effective than anything, you know, any of the other kind of tips and tricks and all these things that the groups were talking about. And so I just kept persevering with that. And, you know, she kept growing and healing and, and uh, still is a, a very good relationship there and still a lot of good things happening there. So that was kind of my background and I became, you know, then I just did, wasn't around deliverance ministry or whatever, wasn't playing a role. I wasn't being drawn into that so much. And I was, I have a, a great relationship with the Franciscan TOR sisters in Steubenville. They, as a community, decided to learn Unbound and go through Unbound as a community. And they used that for their days of renewal, which they did once a month in which I often came out for, and I would preach the homily, and I tried to integrate their themes. And so I said, well, I guess I better, I better learn Unbound. I knew nothing about it. I, so I started listening to the audio of the conferences and taking that in and then uh, integrating that into my homilies and just offering some things. I, I didn't fully con uh, understand the model, but one thing that I really got out of the first talk, deliverance is a good word, Neil talked about something very similar to what I had experienced, which was this kind of fantastic deliverance ministry that, you know, was looking, was more focused on demons and manifestations than it was focused on persons and, and healing and, and freedom. And he even said, you know, somebody commented to him, you don't go in for the show, do you? <laughs> and when I heard uh, Neil's description of all that, I said, I'm, I'm, my ears are open. I, there's something here that I want to understand. So I was able to learn some of it. And then Neil actually came for a day and a half to the TOR sisters. I was making my own retreat, but I attended the conferences. Neil prayed with me. 
And things really fell into place then. And I said, oh, I get it. This is something I already understand in a lot of ways. It's about listening to people. It's about hearing their troubles. And it's about helping them to discover some of, the, some of these, these roots, some of these places psychologically where some patterns have gotten rooted in us. And with uh, some prayer and some guidance, some love, someone to help, uh, they can find some freedom and uproot, you know, rearrange some of those things and then started practicing it and, and just getting it more and more uh, how, how valuable this could be to help people practically apply the gospel to their lives, help them to handle their thoughts and feelings in a way that was really set free and, and in accord with Christ and let him be more at the center of their lives. Great. I wonder if this was uh long before our meeting at your um, retreat where we actually talked about Unbound. I was amazed because the first evening of the retreat, you told us to be prepared to share our faith journey at breakfast the next day. And, you know, I had been uh, trying to get an Unbound prayer team started but I live in a very small town and didn't generate a whole lot of enthusiasm with my friends. So I thought, how, you know, Lord, where do you have me fitting in with this? And we just decided to come to your conference or to your retreat instead of the conference at Steubenville that weekend. And there were 30 people on that retreat and when they shared their faith journey seven eight of them mentioned unbound and i was just floored and that's where this whole thing started that was the inception so had you been um practicing unbound uh long before that i think that may very well have been immediately before uh, or immediately after the retreat with the Franciscan sisters, that the blessing for me was uh, having received the ministry and learned it from Neil, a number of my own Franciscan directees also had received that. And, and I was able to immediately apply the model to them. They had maybe prayed with somebody or I didn't have a chance to pray with somebody. So I prayed with them and I was able to see how you know, I could conceive of some of the struggles in terms of the five keys and then just how fruitful it was for them. And so it kind of solidified it for me. And I, I led a few other people in prayer and just the model of the five keys, I found a, to be a nice kind of mapping of, of the Christian life. Uh, so just some different areas where we can get stuck in and where we can develop some more freedom, be attentive to. And so it was very much in my head when I gave that charismatic retreat. I'm sure that was uh, the June right after. Like the, the retreat I'm describing was in March. Oh, wow. And to process and integrate. You all came in June. It was very much in my mind still. And knowing the, uh, the folks that come on that charismatic retreat, the maturity of faith and kind of your readiness for greater freedom and awareness in ministry, I thought, wow, the five keys would be great things to reflect on, just a, a lens into which we can take our own awareness of our spiritual journey and sharing with each other. And so, yeah, that really planted a seed in that group and that uh, people were already starting to process like yourself and Anna Lee and a couple others were already thinking about Unbound. I was bringing up Unbound and some others were, were hearing, oh, wow, Unbound sounds like 
the next step, it sounds like the kind of ministry that would be helpful for the things that I'm dealing with, the people that I'm, I'm working with. And so there was a lot of uh, synergy there. Yeah, I, I found that God's providence was amazing because, you know, just to think, I felt like I was alone in this unbound in western Pennsylvania. And then, you know, probably a third of the people there had already read unbound. I thought that was amazing. God is good. Um, you mentioned a lot about the other deliverance ministries and how they, it can be scary and, you know, everybody knows about exorcism, the exorcist and all that stuff. Can you explain a little bit more about the differences? Well, again, I think the big thing is person-centered versus demon-centered. And... And then it's also non-confrontational as opposed to confrontational. So as Neil makes very clear, Unbound is not about confronting and punishing demons. Unbound is about ministering to persons and helping them to find freedom. Uh, and, it's, and it's really a combination. You know, there's, a, there's sort of psychological woundedness, and then that's, that's where the demons attack us. It's not... One of the dangers could be even with Unbound is like, oh my gosh, there are demons everywhere. You know, I didn't know there are all these uh, demons attacking us all the time. And, and that's, that shouldn't be, you know, that, uh, that's not the message that, that Unbound certainly wants to give. But, you know, there are temptations. And where are we going to be tempted? Well, the places that we're most susceptible to temptation, which is going to be that, you know, some of our psychological woundedness experiences in the past, places that we're holding on to hurts, uh, our, our uh, lies that we believe about ourselves and God, those are going to be the places, those are the cracks in the wall that can be uh, attacked or sometimes they're kind of regularly being attacked and, and, and doing the spiritual work to combat the spiritual side, to combat the temptation, the demonic side, can help also for some of the healing to take place on the human and the psychological side. So very, uh, very helpful that way. First of all, just for identifying our stuff, you know, identifying where the weaknesses, wounds, and, and uh, where the re repeated areas of sin maybe, uh, or the you know the, the brokenness that we carry, where all that stuff is. And and sometimes it takes someone that we can share our journey with, that we can share our story with, to help us open up some of that, you know. But then we don't want to just leave it there. Sometimes that's what happens, even in, in counseling or, or psychology, which can be very helpful. Unbound in psychology can go very well together. There isn't sort of a one-size-fits-all approach. But sometimes what can happen in, in talk therapy or in psychology is it just kind of gets left there. Okay, well, there's all right. your stuff. And, and the love that's being received, there are a lot of positive things that start to heal the psychology. But can we also apply some spiritual tools to support that? Uh, you know, we can apply some prayer and, and that's where Unbound applies that specifically. Well, I do believe in Jesus and that makes a difference with my struggles in uh, being frustrated with particular people or that, that makes a difference in my struggles with, uh, with gluttony or with lust. You know, that makes a difference. My, my belief in Jesus can be healing in, in areas that uh, I've been struggling in a long time. You know, there are places I keep coming, I keep bringing to confession and it seems like I'm stuck there. Well, you know, maybe there's something else that uh, we can apply. Maybe we can see there's an underlying reason, a lie, uh, you know, uh, some unforgiveness, whatever it is. You know, there may be some other pieces there that we can kind of get our hands on. And, and sure. that's a nice way of, of uh, drawing that out. So, but again, focused on the person, 
letting the person tell their story is very important, and then identifying places where there might be some some bondage, some along with some woundedness and brokenness, and that we can apply the the love of God, the power of God, the grace of God to bring about deeper healing and freedom in those areas. That's the, that's the heart of it. Yeah. I've often thought that uh, some of the work of Dr. Conrad Barr dovetails nicely into this. Well, if I can just make a, a little comment, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing that you would bring that up. It's, it's a discussion I've been having uh, recently that, uh, yeah, Conrad Barr's is amazing. One of the things he identifies is actually uh, deprivation disorder. And that's one of the things that can actually maybe have uh, not work as well with Unbound, <laughs> as it turns out, because the, the deprivation can go deeper than some of the rational feeling kinds of, uh, you know, the, it's not, not so, it's pre-rational in a lot of cases. Some of the deep deprivation disorder. Yes. And, and just applying our will to renounce things and actually doesn't help some people. The connection, the affirmation, and, you know, but there really needs to be a kind of bond, a healthy attachment of something, someone walking with them. So that would actually be just the deprivation disorder would be one area that, that unbound has to be a little bit careful. So I say that for our, our prayer leaders, um, someone may experience a little initial relief because they're having a connection, but then not the ongoing healing, they find themselves back into this place. And God forbid they should have the idea it's because they're so infested with demons that, no, no, they just need some healing love. They need somebody right. to walk with them. They need a connection to, to help them um, grow again. Some places that weren't nourished enough as children, especially. So right. anyway, maybe it would be even good to spend a whole podcast on that, but I'm so glad That's you brought good. that up. I was just wondering if you had some tips for people on the team to really make sure that happens. Um, are there any things that you can think of that we haven't talked about to make this a truly person-centered experience? Great. And, and it's, it is what I love about Unbound. And it's, you know, it's so much of what just is in my life as a spiritual director is learning to love people. And Pope Francis describes this art of accompaniment and he says, it's the willingness to take off our sandals before the sacred ground of the other. And he uses these colorful images, but just that idea of so much reverence before the mystery of a person. And the fact that we are being able to receive what someone is sharing about their struggles, we should have profound gratitude about that. Who are we? We should feel that way. Who are we? Who am I? to get to hear this, to get to walk into this place of, of struggle, of brokenness, sometimes things that are very tender and very old in someone's life. Who am I? We should be so humble about that. And as a result, going along with that, so gentle with this person, because really they're entrusting their hearts to us. And when we hold a heart in our hand, think of an open heart surgery. Can you imagine holding someone's heart in your hand? But that's what we do. When someone shares such deep personal things with us, we're holding their hearts in our hands. And we need to have so much gentleness and so much reverence. I think the opposite, the danger could be, oh, I'm going to apply my tool and, you know, 
get this thing out. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll fix this. You know, I'm going to come in and barge into this and rip this thing apart. And it's like, okay, hold on, hold on. That's not a, that's not what we're looking for. So really receiving the person with great reverence before the mystery of this person with great gentleness and tenderness. And we can only do that also because of our confidence in the power of God. God's the powerful one. All we need to do is, is gently open up the places where his power, which is primarily the power of love, can flood in, and it has a way of cleansing and freeing. That's really what we're, we're aiming at, is opening up a space to allow the power of God's love to flow in. And then the very particular things we identify, whether it's repentance or forgiveness, different things to renounce, it's really a way of kind of putting our finger on where's the sensitive place in the heart and how do I let God's love flow into that place? Okay, we're going to name that and we're going to let God's love flow in there. You know, you're going to tell me your story about struggling with, with lust and you're going into a lot of details. I'm just going to name that spirit of lust, maybe a spirit of pornography, you know, a spirit of uh, whatever that is, or maybe even adultery there or something. I'm just going to name that and then we're going to let God's love flow into that place. You know, and that's, it's really what we do in Unbound over and over again. We find those different places, the kind of crevices in the heart, and we let God's love flow into those places. Name them, let God's love in there. And, and I think if we take that attitude, it really helps us to have an approach that will, yeah, just help people experience God's love very personally, you know, really experience the power of the gospel in their lives. I noticed that you... Um mentioned for the people who may be new you mentioned spirit of lust or gluttony or whatever you're not saying like satan and beelzebub i, I think that uh the c.s lewis book um screw tape letters really opened my eyes for the first time to think that evil spirits are just fallen angels. They're not these big, horrible monsters that have all this power over us. That as baptized Christians, we have Christ in us and we are in Christ. Therefore, we, because of Christ in us, have the power over them in certain ways. So the screw tape letters talks about this little demon who's assigned to a person and his mentor devil is telling him what to do to get this person to go away from God. And, you know, it could be anything. It could be anything. They might start with some really horrible, terrible sin but as a person grows in spirituality, you're not going to be tempted that way. I'm not going to run out today and be tempted to commit adultery. However, then it gets a little more subtle. Maybe it's a, it's a lesser good. It may be a distraction to do something instead of doing this wonderful podcast. Maybe it's to uh, play some game on my phone or whatever and be distracted away from the greater good. And these spirits are just normal everyday things. I often think that people think unbound is for, you know, like you said, people who have um, 
been abused, satanic abuse or whatever. Who do you feel can benefit from Unbound and, and why do you think that? Well, and I love what you said there, Terry. Uh, first of all, that there, there's no contest between the demons and God. He's the creator, they're creatures. Right, we're not and dualists. That's right. You know, it's not an equal combat. It's not a combat between equal combatants, you know, facing each other on the battlefield and we don't know who's going to win. Couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, demons are like ants and, you know, God is a giant or whatever, you know, however right. the images that you want to make it. And God's on our side. So we have the power of God with us that he invests in us also through baptism. You know, the devil feeds on fear and we don't want to create more fear by, by again, thinking, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're all over the place and they're going to get me and I can't, how do I protect? No, breathe deeply. God is closer. You know, the, the enemy even, the devil doesn't even have access to the, the inner sanctuary of our hearts. He can't get in there. Even in the worst case of possession, he can only possess the body. He can't possess the soul. But we, we are a, a unbreachable fortresses in, in the core of who we are from the enemy. You know? So, yeah, we should not have that distortion. And then, as you said, um, where are we tempted? You know, that's the, that's the most simple action of the enemy is, is he tempts. Where are we tempted? Well, you know, I'm just not tempted to, like, murder people in general, right. I think. You know, even when I'm really... That's good to hear. What's that? Good to hear. <laughs> yes, good to hear. Right, yes. Uh, but, you know, people, people are tempted by different kinds of things. But, uh, you know, so he's not going to be tempting me in that way. But where I do have some psychological weaknesses, where I have some wounds, where I have some brokenness, where I have some disordered attachments or attractions, or, you know, and that's all part of my humanity, my fallen humanity, um, that's still growing and healing. And, uh, you know, those are the places where the, where the enemy is going to try to tempt. Like you said, you know, kind of pull on that place. And, and maybe he gets pretty good at pulling on it. Maybe I get pretty good at giving into it. And until I actually see that and name it and renounce it uh, and, and ask for God's love to flow into that place in my heart, you know, maybe he's, he's doing more pulling than I realize. And, and that's what we call, you know, obsession or oppression, these kind of categories of uh, the, the enemy's influence that are, again, part of, part of our everyday life in, in small ways and, and maybe become a regular part of our everyday life for people who really get caught into some patterns of things. Um, not every pattern or habit is demonic by any means, but, but the demons are also kind of uh, pulling and agitating and being able to name those things and allow God's grace to heal us in those areas can be a, a great source of freedom as, as we've been able to witness through praying with uh, quite a few people just in our, our area. So. Amen. So do you have any pitfalls to avoid for prayer leaders that um, may have to do with keeping it person focused? It's natural at the beginning to maybe be a little too focused on the paper and getting the things down. And the, the more that we move on with the ministry, the better it would be to just, you know, jot a note here and there, but, but really receive the person. Uh, not that there's something wrong with writing down notes either, but I guess the kind of fixation with got you know got to get all this stuff down, got to try it, you know, get, figure everything out, and we can end up putting a lot of pressure on ourselves. And that's where I also love uh, 
what Neil says, you know, we're just going to do what God wants to do today. And this is not going to heal all of everybody's problems. And it's not the, the, the end all be all to, you know, it's, it's another very powerful and beneficial. I don't want to downplay it either. It's uh, it's, it's very valuable, but it's just one more way of, of drawing closer to Christ and finding more freedom in him. And so we're going to do what God wants to do today. Mm-hmm. It's going to, it's going to have different values for different people. So another danger could be like, blaming people you know you're not doing this right. you don't have enough faith you're not believing <laughs> it's like but don't blame people because they're not having a you know a, a better experience or something in this particular prayer session we're, we're all in this together and the lord's really the one who's leading it and so right. taking a very humble approach a patient approach uh confident and hopeful and and certainly uh confident in god's power and presence and love and He's got his own plan that he's working out, and our particular prayer session is a part of that plan. But anyway, we don't we don't want to get ahead of the Lord. Everybody's is moving at their own pace, and we want to move with the Lord at His pace, at, at the person's pace who's in front of us. So, so really, really, it's responding to the person. It's responding to what they're bringing to the table, not digging for things that maybe right. they think they need to bring. That's right. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be careful about the, about the digging. The preparation that Neil asks for is, uh, where are you being held back today? We don't need to explore your whole childhood and, and find every possible thing you did wrong. We're not trying to create problems where there aren't any. Everybody's response, even to severe traumas, people handle that in different ways. Some people are, you know, more sensitive and affected and affected in different ways. So anyway, yes, yeah, starting with where are you being held back today and then understanding, well, what's that rooted in and we're just going to follow that thread. But letting the person lead and responding to the person is well said. Yeah. Great. Father, can you, um, we're going to switch gears here a minute. Can you give us a little bit of uh, what your experience has been in the Pittsburgh-Greensburg team so far? Um, I know we've been active in the ministry for just a little over a year, starting at the very end of uh, December 2017, when we actually started to minister, although we were um, training for quite a while. Yeah, in Little Cadogan, your parish. Yes. In December of 2017, we had a conference in the middle of a snowstorm. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, the, uh, the, the faithful and brave uh, made their way out, and we managed a conference with some technological difficulties. <laughs> and, uh, over Hill and Dale. Over yeah. Hill and Dale, and, and, uh, and, and we had a, a beautiful experience. with uh, our, our first experience was, was powerful. We got great feedback from people who could really understand the model, which again is taking hold of the power of God and applying the gospel to our lives, understood maybe some roots of some of the things they're struggling with and found freedom from that. One of our questions is always, were were you ministered to in a gentle and compassionate way? Did the person receive you? And uh, we got a lot of good feedback for that, you know, so I was very encouraging. And then in a succession of the, the people who had positive experiences wanted to share the gift. Can you come to my parish? Well, can you do it at this parish? Can you, you know? <laughs> we just sort of followed the, the invitations and kept selling it out, you know. Uh, and, and we kept growing with that too, you know, in our, our own prayer teams and managing 
uh, six or seven conferences and between 2017 and 2018 and uh, ministered to, uh, to people also at an alcohol recovery center and um, had a great experience with that. And, uh, you know, just to adding the, the spiritual power to already good, you know, psychology and, and good human accompaniment and support. And, and so it's been uh, very fruitful and been a lot of desire for other people to help. It's uh, not, not everybody is made out to be an unbound leader or prayer leader. You know, it's not, a, it's not something that we can dabble with because it, you're really getting people's hearts in your hands. And if we don't know what we're doing, it can cause a lot of damage and, and lead people into some bad directions. So we don't want to do that. We take training very seriously. and We've been putting that in place with a lot of guidance from other established groups like Neil's group and and also Unbound of Michigan and Unbound in the Arlington Diocese and gotten a lot of great guidance on how to do it better. We're, we're still growing with that in uh, Pittsburgh and Greensburg. So happy to just keep going deeper and have this chance to reflect and grateful to you, Terry, for setting up the technical aspects and the thoughts and questions and, and guiding our, our little podcast. Thanks, Father. I would like to thank everyone who has tuned into this podcast and for Father Boniface taking the time to speak to us today. Thanks, Father Boniface. My pleasure. Great to be with you and all the listeners. Thank you. And if you want to learn more about Unbound, you can visit uh, heartofthefather.com and there will be a blog on this podcast at exploringunbound.wordpress.com. Until next time, this is Terry Cook, and always remember that the Father loves you as his child, so stay free in Christ. Amen. Amen.